You know, it seems like forever ago, and it also seems like just yesterday at the same time. I remember the joyful anticipation as Dan and I stood on the brink of parenthood, waiting to start our family through adoption. And we were so excited to begin the process, and we were dreaming about what God might have in store. And so we completed the adoption application and the home study process and what felt like mountains of paperwork. Uh, and we went through all of those pieces so that we could be eligible for a family uh, or for a child to be placed into our family. So we finished all of that, and then the waiting began. And, and we were excited. We were on pins and needles. We were waiting every moment for the phone to ring. But moment by moment, nothing happened. And moments turned into hours, and hours turned into days, and weeks stretched into months. We were waiting, and we were waiting. It was the land between. And I'll be honest, it was a struggle. <laughs> it was hard, every day, hard work to try and keep my perspective and to remember that we could trust God's timing, and we could trust him with the future of our family. And finally, one rainy day in March, the phone did ring, and it was our adoption agency, and they told us the, the wonderful news that, that this uh, beautiful woman was carrying a child who would be born in just a few weeks, and she wanted to place that child into our family. And we were so overjoyed with this news. I'm telling you, I couldn't stop smiling. We were daydreaming, we were planning, we were giddy with excitement, and then the phone rang again, and this time it was not good news. Our adoption agency said, we're not exactly sure what's going on, but things seem to be changing. In fact, as we talk with this birth mom, something seems off. It actually feels suspicious. We don't know what all is going on here. But suddenly, we began to realize that this plan was very vulnerable, uh, it was very unclear, and as we waited to see how things were going to unfold, this land between felt so lonely and fearful and even desperate for our hearts. My stomach was unceasingly knotted as those weeks went on and the questions swirled. The uncertainty of our circumstances was revealing deep things in my heart. There was no pretending. It was real and raw. It was very vulnerable time. Did I really trust God with the future of our family? And I clearly remember the day when that door fully closed on that adoption. After several weeks of dramatic ups and downs, it became quite clear that that child would not be placed into our family. And the complex drama, I'm not going to tell you the whole story here today, but, but the drama that unfolded through that whole process, it made us angry, and it just broke our hearts. And we grieved for this child that we never met, but we already loved. And I remember that day when the door closed, and I remember, I can still feel it. I can still remember the tears and, and the ache in my soul. And 
to make things more challenging, I was out of town that day. I was away from Dan, and so we were talking on the phone, both of us wiping tears on the other side of the phone. I was at a ministry conference in another state, but it turns out that was a divine appointment. You know, I was on a break at the conference, having those phone calls, and then uh, as I hung up the phone and I went back inside the conference and sat down at my seat, the very next speaker was a man named Jeff Mannion, the pastor of the Ada Bible Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And his message was called, The Land Between. And as I sat there wiping many tears at that moment, I'm telling you, it was manna for my crushed heart that day. It was the comfort of God's provision and some redirection that I needed in my life to remember that, that even that moment in the land between in my own life was fertile soil. And that as Dan and I waited, we could trust God with the future of our family because this season would not be wasted. You know, that was a day that I will never forget. And the truth is, so many times in my life and in my own story and moments of challenge and moments of transition when life is in limbo, that message that day of the land between became a powerful spiritual truth in my life. In fact, I want to encourage you, if, if this series, The Land Between, has been helpful for you, there's a wonderful book now that's been published by Jeff Mannion uh, on this very subject. I'd highly recommend it to you. Uh, it would be a great next step to continue uh, on this journey in your own Land Between spaces. Today, we are wrapping up this five-part series on the land between. Uh, remember, we're talking about the, the land between as that space between where we once were and where we're going next. The land between is where life is not what it once was, and it is not what you long for next. It's life in limbo. It's moments of transition. And so often, we find ourselves dwelling in that space in life much longer than we ever anticipated. <laughs> Amen. It's living in the, the tension of the in-between. And you know, we all have these kinds of spaces in our lives. It happens in all kinds of different ways. Certainly, we're living through it in the midst of a pandemic these days. Uh, but it also happens in our individual lives and in our individual stories, seasons of limbo and struggle. Uh, times when we're uh, perhaps awaiting healing in our lives, or we're awaiting some financial stability to come, or employment that's just around the corner, or a relationship that we long for, or navigating a season of grief. It can be so many different kinds of things. And as we wrap up this series today, I wish, friends, so much. I was kind of hoping to be able to say to you, guess what? It's over. The land between. <laughs> We're out of here. I wish I could say that. I wish I could point you right to where the exit ramp is, but here's what I know to be true, that much of our lives is lived in the land between. This is where so much of life happens as we wait for the next thing around the corner. 
And so often we're so focused on the destination and where we're going to win and where we're going to get to that place that we long to be. But I want to remind us today that the, the power of transformation happens not in the destination, but in the process, <laughs> in the land between, on the journey to get there. That's where we are formed because the journey changes us and it molds us and shapes us into who we are. And it's right here in these spaces, in life in limbo, where God invites us to experience his presence. In this space of challenge and tension and hope and longing, it is packed with potential to encounter Jesus. And so my challenge for you today, as we wrap up this series, but not our journey in the land between, my challenge for you today is simply this. Be fully present in the land between. Now, this is a difficult thing to do, to be fully present in the land between. Because as we've already talked about together in weeks past, uh, what we tend to do in the land between is we might look back and sometimes we edit some memories. We think about the good old days that were behind us. Or, or we look forward and we find ourselves building grand expectations of the future that will be the answer to all of our problems. But here's what I know. It takes effort to be fully present in a space where you'd really rather not be in the first place. Throughout this series, we've been following the Israelites in their land between uh, as they have been delivered from their horrific life of slavery in Egypt and as they are headed to the promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey. But in between uh, these places is the land between. And it's a difficult desert. It's a wilderness. It's full of challenges and testing and stretching in their lives. The truth is, it's trust school. And this is the place that forms God's people. Now, before in this series, we've been looking at the books of Exodus and the book of Numbers, different accounts, that, uh, stories that tell us of what it was like for them in the land between. And today, uh, as we wrap up, we're turning to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is especially helpful for us today. Uh, the book of Deuteronomy has three speeches of Moses. And he's speaking to the Israelite people on the eve of their crossing into the Jordan. So, so you think about this moment uh, where Moses is speaking to the people after their 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, they're about to follow Joshua into the promised land. But first, Moses has some things to say to them. And so in some ways, this book of Deuteronomy is like an echo or a summation. Uh, it's kind of a reflection or a commentary on their journey so far. And I think it's a helpful perspective for us as we reflect on the land between. So I'd like for us to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. We find uh, this uh, passage is part of the third speech of Moses, this third speech that has words of uh, direction and blessing, even song. And in many ways, I think that this passage is a challenge for us, again, to be fully present right where we are. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning at verse 11. He says, now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. 
It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask, who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it? Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask, who will cross the sea to get it and to proclaim it to us so we may obey it? No, listen to this good news. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. Let's pause here for a moment. He says, I set before you today, today, this day, this moment, right here, right now, fully present where we are, you have a choice. The land between is fertile soil. So much can happen in our hearts here. It can be a place of discouragement and bitterness and anger and accusation. It can be a place where our souls wither into darkness. That's one choice. Or it can be a place of growth and learning and perseverance and character development, a place where our souls encounter the very life of God, our gracious provider, our redeemer, and our hope. You see, our hearts will be formed in the land between moments, and we are invited to choose. The options are before us. So I ask you today, in what way is your heart being formed? And who are you trusting to form your heart? See, this is the daily grind, if you will, of the land between. The daily choice to look to God, to see his strength, to trust his provision. If we go on in that message in Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verses 19 and 20, we find this. Now choose life. Love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. The Lord is your life. See, where do we find life in the dry desert? Not in glorified memories of the past, not in grand expectations for the future. We find life right here, right now, in the presence of Jesus. And we are invited to live, even when we are stuck in limbo, with our eyes wide open, because God loves to dwell with us, especially in the broken places. And it is hard work. When we are going through a challenging season like this, it is hard work to keep our perspective, to keep choosing life moment by moment. And one of the keys in doing so is not doing so alone. And so I want to ask you today, who is with you on your journey in the land between? And I want to talk to you really practically about what it means uh, and what it looks like in our lives these days to have people with us, that we are arm and arm linked together, helping one another on the journey. Next week, we're beginning a new series called Flip 
the script. And together, we're going to be encountering, the, uh, encountering Jesus as we study his parables together. And this new series comes just as we're entering the season of Lent. Uh, this is the 40 days before Easter. And, and so what we are invited to do is to join together with followers of Jesus around the world and throughout history in a season of intentional spiritual life. So next week, we'll have a journal available for you. We have some print copies. We have digital copies as well. Uh, daily interaction in a journal to go through this season. But key to this is that you not experience this in isolation, but in community with one another. We need each other these days. This is hard. We need one another. So I want to encourage you to plan to be a part of a small group in this season. Maybe you already have one, or maybe this is a great time for you to connect with a small group for the first time. I want to encourage you, don't be alone. God designed us for relationship with one another. In fact, that's central to what it means to follow Jesus together. When we study the scripture, it's very clear. We're not intended to follow Jesus in isolation. We're invited to community. This is God's great design for us. So I want to encourage you to connect with a small group. Some of our groups will meet online. Some of them will meet in person. You can choose what works for you. The important part is to not miss the moment and to be intentional about this. Now, if you're here in the sanctuary today, you can take one of those connect cards right on the back, small groups. Be sure, to, be sure to share your contact information with us. Then you can drop that card in one of the uh, offering boxes on your way out today. If you're watching us online today, uh, there's a link right there in our Facebook Live uh, where you can find that information about uh, connecting in with a small group, a simple way that you can follow that link uh, and let us know that you want to be apart. I'm so glad that, that we get to do this together. And I want to encourage you, friends, to be intentional about the spiritual relationships and the spiritual friendships in your lives these days. Because I know we're still in the land between. <laughs> and it's hard work to be fully present in the land between. Now, as we look uh, again at this book of Deuteronomy, uh, you know, one of the things that comes to mind for me, one of the ways that we need each other in the land between is we need to help one another with the stories that we tell ourselves of the land between. You know, when we study what happened in the land between, the stories that we've looked at together, we've discovered that perspective is hard work. <laughs> And that it's so easy in the midst of difficult times to interpret those circumstances theologically and then to uh, uh, project things that are not true upon God. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, at the beginning of Moses' first speech that we find there, he's uh, sort of recounting the struggle that they've been through and he's recounting these events. And in chapter 1, verse 27, as he describes the way they're struggling, he repeats back what they said. And as they talked about the struggle they were enduring, you know what their conclusion was? They said, the Lord hates us. Can you imagine? Maybe you can, because maybe you've experienced that very thing. 
when things are so difficult and so dark and you think, why is this happening? The only possible conclusion can be the Lord hates us. Why would I be going through this? But my friends, this is where we need one another. This is where we must not be in isolation because we need to speak truth into one another's lives. And this is exactly what Moses does. And he uh, states again and redefines for the people what the truth is. The truth is not the Lord hates us. The truth instead in Deuteronomy chapter 1 at verse 30. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. <laughs> Can you imagine as Moses stands there and speaks to the people after their 40 years through the wilderness and he reminds them, there were times when they thought the Lord hated them, but the truth is, the Lord carried them. <laughs> he is good and he is faithful. And friends, that is a true word for us today. Wherever you are and whatever you are facing, remember, he goes before you. He fights for you. He carries you. See, the truth is, our God is a redeemer. And he does not waste the land between. You know, I, I often think about our adoption journey. And the truth is, I, I often think about that very first adoption match. And I still think about that baby who's not a baby anymore. And that birth mom that we prayed for so much. And I still pray for them. And I don't know where they are now and what, how the story turned out in their lives. And the truth is, that was a very difficult season for us. And I wish that we never had to walk that road. And yet, I know that our gracious God didn't waste that. That he used that to work for good in our lives and in our hearts through that. In fact, I also know that, that walking through all of that is part of the story that led us then to, to adopt our son, Will, and then to adopt Noah. And I can't imagine my world without those two boys. <laughs> and then God would continue to bless us, and we would um, be so grateful for the birth of Jake, and then the adoption of Anna Kate, <laughs> and we would never sleep again. <laughs> And it's wonderful, and it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And we need courage and grace all the time. And we wouldn't trade any of it for the whole world. See, he doesn't waste the land between. Today, as we wrap up this series, I'm reminded of the words of Jesus. Jesus, when he sat on a hillside with a whole bunch of people who were going through their own heavy things in life, people who were afraid and anxious and lonely and frustrated and weary, 
in their own kind of land-between moments. And Jesus looked into their eyes, and he spoke to their hearts, and he said, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And my friends, this is the challenge that I believe God gives us today. As Jesus said, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. (laughs) That means we can... Stop looking back at those good old days or stop building those grand expectations for some perfect future and instead take a look. Right now, right here, God is present in this moment, on this day, and he invites us to choose life and to cling to him. So I want to invite you today to to reflect and to think about that to give your attention to what God is doing right now and and ask yourself some questions. What do you notice? What are you noticing these days? What provision is evident right now in your life? How do you see God providing for you today? What are you learning? (laughs) What are you learning? And how are you being formed? Today, we're reminded of the presence of God with us in a tangible way. In just a few moments, we're going to take communion together. And as we do that today, uh, we're reminded of uh, these elements uh, that Jesus invites us to partake, the body and the bread, uh, the cup, the new covenant in his blood, his forgiveness, life if we will choose it. You know, when we think about communion, we so often remember that moment when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples. When Jesus gathered that night with his disciples in the upper room, you know, they were there together as Jewish people. And they were there because they were celebrating a religious feast together. They were there in the upper room because they were celebrating the Passover feast. This a feast with rich symbolism and, and meaning as they remembered the first Passover. <laughs> Do you remember the story of the first Passover? The act of deliverance of God as God set his people free from bondage in Egypt. And that first Passover that they held in their hands that night, that first Passover was a reminder to them of God's provision. And it was just following that Passover that that God's people were set free, that they began heading to the promised land. But first, they would journey through the land between, (laughs) much longer than they ever thought, a place that would form their hearts. And this Passover meal would be remembered century after century after century until finally came one who held those very Passover elements in his hands. And he spoke a new covenant over the familiar Passover elements. And the scripture records it. It says that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this whenever you eat it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Friends, today, wherever you are, I want to invite you to uh, take some communion elements uh, and get those ready. If you're at home, uh, perhaps you want to gather those in your home to partake. If you're here in the sanctuary, we'll partake in just a moment, but I want to invite you to get those elements ready, peel off that top layer, uh, and you'll find a piece of bread, and that second layer will open uh, the juice for you to partake. It makes a little bit of noise, but that's okay. I invite you to get those elements ready. And wherever you are right now, as you hold the elements in your hand, I want you to be reminded (laughs) that you're connected to the grand unfolding story of God. From that first Passover when they held those elements in their hands, reminded of the provision of God until Jesus came and held those same elements in his hand and transformed them and enriched them with the new covenant. And that story continues here today with you. That as you hold these elements in your hands, you too are a part of the grand unfolding story of God. He is here with us. So let's take the invitation of Jesus as we partake today to give our entire attention to what God is doing right now. As we prepare to partake together after we do so, I want to give you just a few moments of quiet to pause and to pray and to give your attention to what God is doing in your heart today. Would you take some bread? Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Take and eat. And Jesus said, this is my blood shed for you. Take and drink. Gracious God, we turn our entire attention to you and what you are doing right now in our midst. God, we thank you today that you don't waste these land between spaces. God, as we have the taste of these elements in our mouths, we're reminded of your nearness, of your provision, of 
your attention, of your love. We're reminded of the freedom that you give us, the forgiveness, the fresh start. And so, God, we humbly come before you today, all that we are. We surrender ourselves anew today to your leading. God, we trust that you will continue to work for good in our lives. God, would you help us to love one another well in this journey, in the midst of this tough time that we're all living through? God, would you help us to love each other well? God, would you help us to notice you more? Would you help us to open our eyes wide to see you? God, give us courage to look and to notice. And God, give us joy as we recognize your presence in our midst. We come before you today and we say, God, we trust you. We trust you to write the story. We trust you with the future. We trust you with the journey. We trust you right here in the land between however long you lead us here. We love you, God. And we're so grateful for the way that you love us. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray and together we say, amen.